Welcome to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kiran Kumar, founder and host of You're Not Invisible After 50. Despite the title, you don't have to be over 50 to listen to this podcast. No matter whether you're 25, 45 or 65, we can all learn lessons from each other to help us build a better, more fulfilled life. Come listen to the inspiring stories of all the phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. They are not invisible. I'm not invisible and neither are you. So no matter what society says, life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning. Welcome to the You Are Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kiran and host of this podcast. We're all about showcasing phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. You'll get to hear all the inspiring stories why you don't have to be invisible after 50. So sit back and enjoy the wonderful life story from this week's guest. And my guest today is Caroline Leboucher. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Kiran. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. And um, and how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Oh, Fantastic. brilliant. Monday. It's a Monday. Absolutely. It's a Monday. <laughs> Thank you for choosing to come on to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm going to get you, and we're going to go straight into it, is to get you to introduce yourself to the listeners in one line or more of who you are before we move into the body of this podcast. Uh, my name is Caroline Labouchere. Um, I Brene Brown says, uh, be a Viking, not a victim. And I think she actually meant that you shouldn't be a Viking, but I believe I am a Viking and I refuse to be a victim. Oh, we'll talk about that in a moment or two. <laughs> but a nice introduction. Um, in this podcast, we're going to cover your life story, the past, the present, if there was a trigger point at 50. So we're going to start with the past we'd like you to tell our listeners anything or everything about yourself and I'm the same age as you as well I'm 59 too so yeah we're, we're kind of buddies there so let's talk about the past well possibly you were brought up the same way as me and that was not to big up yourself you don't do what you should do in an elevator pitch especially not as a girl uh, so that is, I think, why I still find it very difficult um, using the term influencer, although if you do influence people, which I do, therefore I am an influencer, but I still find it so hard to say that word. Um, and not think of yourself as beautiful, not to look in the mirror. Uh, certainly don't put makeup on in public don't just don't show off and now I'm relearning so many of those things it's really it's I still find it hard and we didn't have mobile phones that we had in our faces 24 7 back then um so it's keeping up and, and and learning still um and there are many years ahead to learn, so I'm going to keep going. But I was brought up very strictly. Flat shoes, no heels, um, just not being spoken to and not speaking until you're spoken to. 
So you were brought up in the UK, obviously, because you're very British accent, like myself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so where in the UK were you brought up? And and tell me a little bit about that bit. And then let's move forward into your 20s or 30s or whatever age you, where you want to move to. So um, Right. I was, um, my father left when I was, after I was born. And that definitely impacted me Um made me distrust men throughout the majority of my life. Um, Mum got remarried. That We were living in London. Mum remarried when I was six, and we went to live in the country in Bedfordshire, and my father was a, um, a lord, um, so very different upbringing to what it would have been if she stayed with my father. Um, but I had a great dad um, who looked after me all the way through and treated me as his own. So I was very lucky, but very strict. Lots of smack bottoms. <laughs> Which was allowed at that time. And funny you said Bedfordshire. <laughs> it's interesting what you said about Bedfordshire. Again, that's something in common with both of us because I actually got married and moved to Bedfordshire. So Bedford yeah. itself. So yeah. I know of that area. So that's something else we have yeah. in common. And so, your kids went to school there. I went to school there. Yes, my kids did go to school there. We did talk about that earlier, that yeah. my kids did go yeah. to school there. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, that schooling was good for them. So tell me, so that was a strict upbringing. So where did you, what kind of job did you move into and what kind of work did you do when you kind there of got again, a bit older? Wasn't, I wasn't brought up to have a job as such. And I remember being my, in an English class and I remember Mrs Brereton. I remember her so well. Uh, my English teacher, and she said um, she was going around the class asking what everyone wanted to do. So you had your you know, doctors, nurses, solicitors, lawyers, whatever. And I was the only one that said I wanted to get married and have babies. You can imagine. Didn't go down very well. That time it probably did go well. I mean, because I think people were still kind of in, that was kind of one of the things that people wanted to do, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I was the only one, or maybe I was the only one who actually said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, they were, no one was very impressed by that at school. Um, but that's the way that I was brought up. So I did my Cordon Bleu course. I did a cut and patting, cut and cutting pattern course uh, to sew because I loved all of that. I loved cooking and um, travelled, uh, which was sort of, a, for me, it was a means to an end. I, I travelled, I went to a nanny in Palm Beach in Florida for a year. I went to Australia and worked in a bar for a year. And that was all, you know, with the means to eventually finding a husband. And you um, did. I did, but a bit later than I expected <laughs> at 27, which isn't isn't later, but it's later than I expected. Um, and uh, but I had had many jobs before that. Uh, I used to cook and fill people's freezers um, yeah, any job that came along, I'd do it. Uh, but it was never a permanent nine to five job. And then you met your husband. So how did you kind of meet your husband? And you know, I met him at a dinner party. Um, it was uh, in Cambridgeshire, actually, a dinner party. A girlfriend invited me. Said that um, she was married to somebody in the army, and said that there were a couple of guys 
who lived in Germany and they were over doing a course, would would we like to meet them? Yes, okay. Went along and pretty much, I, I didn't fall in love with them immediately, but definitely knew that there was something. And then two weeks later, we went on holiday together and we were engaged within three months and married the following year. Oh gosh, that was fast. 32 years. Well, congratulations for that. (laughs) And on, as we talked before, but you talked about your travels with your husband because he was in the army and you've had this kind of very, I think people looking at it from the um, outside in thinking, oh, that's a glamorous uh, way to live. But you traveled around the world, didn't you? We did. Uh, and it got to the point where if we hadn't moved within 18 months to two years, I wanted, I, I would say to David, can we just take all the furniture out and put it on the on the grass and then bring it all back in again? So I feel like I've moved because I just wasn't, was not ready to settle. Um, because every time we settled, we, we had to up sticks and move on again. Hence, the children went to boarding school because they got to an age where it just wasn't fair moving them around. Okay, and then, so what kind of countries did you travel to? What kind of countries did you kind of... India's my favourite, for sure. We lived in India for a year. David went to staff college there. We were incredibly lucky um, in that both our kids are IVF and we had, in the early years, um, although, uh, so we started off in Germany uh, when we first got married. We had two ectopic pregnancies basically so then I was sterilized so IVF was the only way we had one attempt in Germany then we moved back to England so I had an attempt in England then back to Germany another attempt then we went to Canada and tried in Ottawa then we got Max he's our Canadian baby then we went to India and uh, or back to England in between, but then we went back to India and thought we would have a go there, which we did. And that's Mimi. So Mimi was made in India to English specification. <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely. And then you've traveled from when you I mean, has your husband now given up his army career or is he still in the army? In the force, uh, he came out to the Emirates to join the Emirate Army. He was um, invited to join them as an advisor, mm-hmm. which he did for five years. And now you've been living in Dubai for many, many years now. Thirteen years, yeah. That's uh, and, that was not expected. And loving it, I, I take it. Yeah, it's uh, full of opportunity. It really has a lot to offer. Fabulous. That's a great sales pitch for Dubai. Absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about your past? Um, I do remember the day that I felt invisible. Um, I, I was, and some people may have heard this before because I do say it quite often, but I absolutely vividly, I was walking into the supermarket in all of the Emirates, Carrefour, which is our, our local big supermarket. And I remember you know, just being pushed around a bit. I was grey and I remember thinking, no one notices me. Not that I wanted to be noticed. I just wanted to be a human being. I wanted to be the same as everybody else, not grey and small and invisible. Um, and although I came to Dubai grey, 13 years ago, every woman said, 
you cannot be grey in Dubai. So I dyed my hair and then nine years ago went grey again. I mean, you're not invisible, obviously. None of the women who have gone grey are invisible. But it's a choice. It is a choice. Absolutely. I mean, I stopped dyeing my hair in 2020. um, And this is... it's transitioning to there's a few flecks there and you know but it's it's uh, not all gone gray but Gorgeous. loving every moment of it every gray hair so was there a trigger point at 50 that made you think anything different or were you happy where you were at 50 i was happy where i was um i i, know, I can't say i was happy because i'm a lot happier now mm-hmm. i was content and I was living life the way I thought life was supposed to be, mm-hmm. which I think many women do, but it's the old way. It's the, you've now done your job, your children have now left home or are leaving home, and your next job is being a grandmother. Mm-hmm. That that is That was what was written on the cards for you. So... Things have changed enormously now. And I I think, you know, just even in the last five years, um, it's but it's up to you to make the decision as to which tribe you're going to join. If you are happy putting on a bit of weight and being the regular granny, that's fine. It isn't the healthiest option, but there are other options. And the other options I reckon more exciting. You can still be a grandmother. I, I can't wait to be a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi got married in June and I've already started prodding her. I want a baby. <laughs> you want a baby. <laughs> but it's really interesting what you say because uh, all these in the last five years that things are changing. Even, I mean, if I look at Instagram now, there's so many women who are out there showing up who are 50 plus who are now saying, hang on, I'm going to take my power back. This is how yeah. I'm appearing. This is how yeah. I'm showing up. And yeah. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's exciting. As you said, which tribe do you pick? Do you try pick tribe A or B? And yeah. which way do you see yourself going? You know, at the end of the day, I mean, what you see with the women who are out there who are showing up have got so more, so much more opportunities coming their way, like yourself, which brings us almost. But we have to make them, but generally we have to make those opportunities. We have to push and push and push and keep pushing because we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. But the language is still there. The amount of people who call us in our age group old and it makes it just makes my blood boil because Mm -hmm. my grandmother died at 97 she is old was old Mm -hmm. we are not old we're middle-aged because we might live until 97 100 therefore we are middle-aged do not call us old and it's up to us as women to impart that knowledge and make sure that our children don't call our generation old Absolutely. And if we if we appear as we are appearing now, or a majority of women are appearing, then that's kind of changing the narrative. But also, I think this is what this is what all of this is about, you know, the podcast, etc, is showcasing that women who are in their 50s aren't invisible, that they're doing their thing that they're showing up. They're certainly more powerful than 
probably the women in the past at that age group, the majority yeah. of women. So it's, as you said, Caroline, it's changing, but it's changing slowly. But at least it's yeah. a change in the right direction. It is. And the, the youngsters, the my um, demographic on my Instagram is 25 to 35. Is I understand they use Instagram more than any other age, but that's my, my biggest age group. They want to know what it's like to be 50. What's going to happen to them? And it, if it takes a village to raise a child, we are part of that village. And we have so much information to impart to you, you don't have to you can listen to us you don't have to take on board what we're saying mm-hmm. but we've been there and we've done it absolutely and I think also the part of this podcast at the end is about giving back because also on my listenership you know the the age uh, the demographic on that is is varied it's from 25 to 65 which you would think anyway but 25 is nice and even younger sometimes it depends of course where where we're going with this but it it fluctuates but the fact is you still got that young group who are listening going well I like that and I like Mm. to hear people who are giving back and telling what they've learned from their lives um so that it's wonderful brings me on and and also not thinking that life is over because there is that narrative that you you know, you become a grandmother at 50 and your you know, life is over. You're just supposed to stay at home and look after the grandchildren or whatever you do or go to the shops, but you don't have a life. And that that is what we have mm-hmm. and are living it to the full. We have a life. Absolutely. And also what you're doing currently is none of that, right? So let's talk about what you're doing currently in terms of your work and how you got into it because that's quite fascinating because you told me before but I'd like you to tell it to our listeners. Um, I was working at a school where I had been uh, for a few years as a school receptionist and very happy worked half a day every day and just you know dawdling along in my 50s and Mimi was working Mimi and my daughter was working in London and her boss was looking for a grey model so she showed him a picture of me and called me up and said, my boss wants to meet you. He wants you to be in his campaign. And he had spoken to Maya Musk and a few other people and they cost big bucks, as you, as you can imagine. And I went to London and he said, and how much would you charge? And I went, um, uh, I don't I don't know. Um, I was going to be in British Vogue. This campaign was going to be in British Vogue, Tatler, Harper's all sorts and I kind of felt like I should be paying him uh and <laughs> so I said um a thousand pounds I you know realistically I probably could have asked 13,000 pounds yeah. but you know I I did honestly think I should be paying him for the honor of working for the opportunity him. absolutely <laughs> um and they jumped at it and actually those are the pictures behind wow uh, and it's the best day ever and I thought I love this I absolutely love this I feel like a princess or a queen or whatever it was and I have never not even on my wedding day felt like that and um the rest is history other than came back got a few jobs on and off 
uh, nobody knew, in Dubai knew anything about that job. And I thought I'd come back here and I'd be a model, but <laughs> it didn't quite work that way. Um, so didn't I didn't get many jobs, but I got a few jobs, but enough work to say, I'm going to leave my school job. So left my school job and that's it. The rest is history, as you say. So, so how long have you been kind of modelling? Because you've done a lot, a lot of modelling. I was uh, 54 when I did that campaign. And is there anything else like, so you're modelling, is there anything else that you're doing currently that, uh, apart from the modelling? Or... Um, I'm about to start emceeing, which will be interesting. I've been on TV a couple of times and absolutely loved it. Came off on such a high and thought, I want to do TV. I absolutely loved it. Um, what else have I done? Um, I'm trying to encourage people to be healthier, to be in charge of their lives, um, but be preemptive. So, to what could happen to me at this age, and what can I do to stop it happening to me? Uh, and I was very lucky, I was working for a hospital and had an angiogram. So, I know my heart is healthy, which is great. And in doing that, um, a lady messaged me and she said, I thought I would go and get a heart health check. And so she did the treadmill, absolutely fine, sat down and the nurse said, I think I should just call a doctor. It looks fine, but I should just call a doctor. So she went straight in for an angiogram and two of her arteries were blocked, 70%. Wow. And she had two stents. I, I mean, amazing. I managed to save that woman's life. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can save one lady's life, yeah, that's, that's my job. That's I'm happy. I'm done. So what you were saying earlier about being an influencer, if you can influence in any which way or form, whoever it may be, in whatever form you do it, that can only be good if you influence in that positive way. And you did in this instance I mean, all of what you're doing is interesting and lovely and also helpful for those who are looking at your Instagram. Um, And I think also here in terms of health, it's really important to kind of get healthy. I mean, I was exercising. I had an accident. I've got to get back to it, which I did last week. But I think it's really is about taking care of yourself and and eating good food and exercising and resting and all the other stuff. But sleep is the number one. Yeah. yeah, so many when when people people message me and they say, I've "Got to go on a diet. I've got to lose weight." And I say, "Well, how's your sleep?" It's my first question, and they say, oh, "I'm very stressed." And it, well, there is no point going on a diet. There is no point going to the gym and thrashing yourself seven days a week if you're stressed and if you're not sleeping. Mm. So that is the most important thing to sort out before before you do anything. I think finding a passion is is very important and. Again, many people don't know what their passion is. I don't know. I mean, I think it's okay to not know what your passion is because we weren't necessarily taught to follow a passion. Mm-hmm. If you did, then that's great. But if you didn't and you've been lost in the murkiness of family, children, husbands, uh, parents-in-law, parents, I think finding your passion is the next big step. And if you don't know what it is, talking to other women Mm -hmm. 
is going to help you find that spark. And you might be sitting with a bunch of people and you think we've got nothing in common, but something will be said to help you narrow down the search and, and, and you will ignite that light. And once that's happened, you can go full steam ahead or it can be, it can be step by step, but continue talking and listening and learning and, and realizing what it is because it's there. Everybody has a passion. And it's interesting what you said about the passion bit, because you found your passion through the modeling but also but now, I wasn't looking for it. I, but you weren't I looking for it. I didn't know that there was uh, a rainbow with something at the end of it. it I was content in you know, moseying on through, but this life is better because I can do the grandparent thing after this, but mm-hmm. now is my time, my time to be me and to explore me. Mm. I love that. I love the fact that, yes, be me, explore me. Because I think, you, as you said, you know, we're kind of brought up with all these restrictions in whatever form it, it might be. It might be our family. It might be, you know, society. It might be X, Y, Z. And then you come to this point in your life when you go, hang on a minute. I don't really want to fall into that tribe. You know, I want to be something different. And then you ignite this kind of fire within yourself. And you go, okay. And it's like, the like, like yourself, you're kind of looking at modeling and and um, being on TV, etc. You know, I'm doing the podcasting. Up, and I also probably will go, be going in that direction in terms of, you know, um, wanting to be on radio and, and etc. So who knows where things will lead? But the fact is that you started something because that leads on to something else. Right. But it's having to show up and and ignite that passion and go. And this also this want to learn I want to be curious as well. You know, that's important. And helping people. It, yeah. it's, it's so huge when a bunch of women sit together and there's a warmth, you know, that that, mm. that sharing feeling. It, you, you need to start choosing who you're spending time with. Are those people a benefit are they raising you up? Are they helping you or are they stifling you? Because that's also really important. As much as you love somebody, if they're not keeping you up, helping you, supporting you, um, like wanting to go gray and you've got these people around you are saying, you're looking old, don't do it, don't do it. You know, that might not be the best person to be spending the majority of your time with if it's something that you really want to do. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, from my own experience in life, I've learned to um, put boundaries around me. I've moved away from toxic people and a huge number of toxic people and started all over again and been extremely fortunate to start this this platform and to start this podcast. And I think it's only because I broke away because I wanted to be different and I wanted to, and that's hard. You you say you're fortunate, but you made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think we all make a decision. As you said, you make a decision about what you want to do. Fabulous. Okay. So we're now going to go to a commercial break. And when we're back, we'll talk about what the future looks like and also the bonus part of the podcast. Did you know that You Are Not Invisible After 50 is not just about our highly acclaimed global podcast, 
our mission is to empower all women, regardless of colour, creed, class and culture, across all countries and continents. So we have two empowering courses for you. A free masterclass, Building a Life You Love, Creating Your Own Path After 50. This transformative masterclass is one that you've been waiting for. Are you ready to seize life after 50 like never before? Well, say goodbye to feeling stuck and say hello to the life you love. Don't let age define your limits. Let it ignite your possibilities. This transformative masterclass is your ticket to a vibrant and fulfilling future. But that's not all. Coming in November, we have our innovative introductory business course, Greater Gold. In today's dynamic business world, age should never be a barrier to success. Say goodbye to age-related stereotypes and hello to unstoppable success. Our half-a-day course will equip you with the skills and confidence you need to conquer the business world. Discover the true value of your experience, reinvent yourself, stay competitive and master the art of self-presentation. It's time to turn your grey into gold. Don't wait, your future is brighter than ever before. Visit our website and check out our courses geared to propel you to the next level. So embrace your age, utilize your wisdom and experience and own your success. Spots are limited. Also, we have other wonderful products launching in the new year. So keep a watch on our social media posts and website for more information www.youarenotinvisibleafter50.com So Caroline, let's move on and talk about the future. What's the future about? I don't know. And I would say to you, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. (laughs) I absolutely Um, love that. No idea. Um, There are so many opportunities and I think the the opportunities are going to keep growing. I expect, um, should I say I expect, to be modelling in my 60s, into my 70s. I will do the best to keep myself in the best shape that I can. And I want to continue what I'm doing, but there is more. And I'm, I feel like I'm at a roundabout going around and I haven't decided which exits take yet. Oh, I love that. I really do love that. It's really great. Um, but it's an exit to something as exciting or more exciting. That's what it is. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. And why not? You know, I really, I don't know. I, but it, do you know that I um, was invited to China to enter a beauty contest? How random is that? I got an email saying, come to China, Beijing. Um, and I just thought my husband and I both read this email and just thought, well, that's dodgy. <laughs> and within 10 days, I'd got my visa. I was in Beijing and by myself and entered this beauty pageant, which was huge. And I won. Wow. Okay. Shall I show you my crown? Shall I show you my crown? I have to show you my crown. <laughs> I've worn this for a while. <laughs> Look at oh, that. Should I applaud you? And can you do the famous wave, you know, the famous wave? <laughs> oh, it looks very good. What's it made out of? 
I, it's quite heavy. It's okay. It's wow. Solid. It's very solid. But how random. You know, and and I like random. I'm ready to jump. You say jump, I'm there. Um and, and so it's taking opportunities rather than just saying, well, that sounded dodgy, I'm not doing it. I'm there. Whereas I used to take the option thing, oh, no, I'm gonna do that, I'll stay home. Be easier to stay home. Yeah. I just love that. I just, maybe you should have done the promo reel with the crown on. That would have been much more. I should. <laughs> <laughs> but I just absolutely love that. Is there anything else you want to say about the, the future? Um, no, other than be excited. That's what life is all about, isn't it? Being excited about life. Being excited to be alive. Absolutely love that. Love that. So <laughs> we talked about earlier on. We're talking about I've thrown you, know, you haven't I? I've no, thrown... you haven't. You haven't thrown me. <laughs> I, I'm with it. I'm with it. So what I was gonna say to you is that in the in earlier on you're saying about your demographics and about you know your demographic being 25 to 35. So let's part of this podcast is about, and you'll love what I'm gonna say next, is that giving those tips to people who are under 50. So we're going to move on to the bonus part of the podcast. See, I do, I am on it. So <laughs> the five tips that you would give to anyone under 50. Right. Uh, my first tip would be uh, when people say, what would you tell yourself as a younger person is make mistakes. That's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first one. Okay. Um, Think about your language. Uh, that doesn't mean be woke. Uh, that just means be nice, be kind. Um, three would be um, to know that the future is exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh. At any stage, really. At any stage. Yeah. Although, you know, when you sit with a bunch of mum, Mummies, and they're all there. They've all got little children. They're all tired, and they're just thinking. Oh my God. And I and I said, it gets better. Mm, it does. <laughs> We've all been through that stage, but it gets better. Um, I I get I get a little bit confused about young people saying they're depressed. Um, I don't know how many people actually are depressed, and how many people think that they are. Mm-hmm. but we're supposed to have downs everybody's supposed to have downs because it makes the ups better mm-hmm. so life is a roller coaster and you just have to work your way through it and that is is it not part of life um and keep learning yeah now, we're still learning now Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I think we've all got through that. So <laughs> let's go on to the three tips to anyone who is over 50 and listening. Okay. Uh, life is about choices and you still have choices in the middle of your life. It is up to you uh, where you go from here. That would be number one. Okay. Um, number two... Oh, I've only got three of these. Well, you can have more if you want. I mean, it's entirely up to you. Uh, uh, again, keep learning. It, it's it's the most important thing. It doesn't mean going to school. I hated school, left school as soon as I could. Um, 
but you can learn a lot from each other um, and from life. So keep learning. And um, still taking advice from people and choosing what advice to take on board, I think. Talking, it's the most important thing, and that's what women are so good at. Yeah, absolutely. Keep talking. We, you know, we should be running the country. It... Absolutely. Oh, no, <laughs> the world. No, forget about the country. We should be running the world because <laughs> things will be so much better, wouldn't it, without the... It would, because we talk. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And not going to fights. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's not get political. Right. Well, thank yeah. you very much. I mean, it's been fascinating, and especially when you put your crown on, because obviously you are the queen, and it's it's, it's, really, it's really good fun. And so, I am thank in you my for house. that. <laughs> right, there you are in your house, absolutely. Um, thank you, Caroline, for this interview. It's been fun and uh, interesting, and uh, thank you for being on here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. If you want to hear more from some amazing women who are over 50, who are kicking ass and making an impact, then don't forget to follow us right here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember to subscribe, rate, comment and share with other women through your social media. Let's spread the word across the world that you don't have to be invisible after 50. Check out our other services on www.you'renotinvisibleafter50.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok and YouTube. And always remember that life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning.